welcome back everyone this is the real lovers podcast i am your host as always marley silverbrand and joining me today alfie amaya how you doing welcome back again to the real lovers podcast thank you hey marley thanks for having me back um looking forward to talk about some movies yeah exactly um always glad to talk movies with a fellow movie lover like yourself uh for, for anyone that doesn't know the i've been doing this series for well, not too long for about basically a month now i'm watching every single movie in the letterbox top 250 and this week's featured movie is going to be raiders of the lost ark the 1981 steven spielberg film that started that started it all for Harrison Ford, I guess. If you if you want if if you want to be cliche about that, but before we get into that topic, uh, we always do uh, we always do a little promotion for this podcast. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, give us a thumbs up. Give us a thumbs up. Oh, I need to get my thumb in frame. G- give us a thumbs up. Give us a like and uh, give us a like a subscribe and uh, I'll. If you're listening to this on podcast platforms afterwards, also uh, just rate us and review us. Let us know how we're doing. Rate us five stars just because that helps us uh, in the algorithm. And if you don't like the if you don't like the podcast or if we, there's anything we can do in the future to uh, improve this podcast in either way, just just let us know in the comments. Just rate us five stars because we're we're awesome like that. And then uh, and then tell us what we could do to improve. Uh, that's my challenge to everyone listening right now. Uh, but yeah, Elvi, um, how's your day been, by the way? <laughs> um, well, it's been okay. Um, I've been a little sick in the last couple days, and <clears throat> but I'm sounding better. I actually lost my voice a couple days ago, but I'm doing a lot better. And now I sound like Austin Butler. Well. But- that, that that just means that by the end of this podcast you're gonna have an Oscar, right? If, That's you, if you sound like a, yeah. <laughs> this is your first. this is your Oscar award winning performance this right my, here. This is my campaign. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I'm I, really... I went to the I went to the Lady Gaga school of campaigning. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm sorry that you haven't been feeling very well. Uh, I haven't been feeling very well either, but we're just gonna we're gonna power through this because we're we're, we're just champs. That's 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 who we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but before we get into our featured review for Raiders of the Lost Ark, we always do uh, what we've been watching segment. So Alfie, what have you been watching recently? Um. Well, I've I've watched a um, couple movies. Um. Last night I watched Aliens in the theater for the first time in the theater. And nice. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's weird because um, I'm a huge fan of the Alien Alien franchise, and um, I actually shamelessly really like all of them. Even you know I know a lot of uh, some of them aren't very good, but I love all of them. Uh, but always aliens i don't know it, it always felt a little kind of like the odd man out of the franchise because it's really i feel like it's a whole different genre than the on other aliens films but you know seeing in the theater was a, it was really an experience I, I still think even though it's very different from the alien franchise i do think it's it's a great film yeah uh 
I'm going to probably I'm going to out myself right now. Uh, I have not seen any of the alien fra- uh, alien movies in the franchise. I have the Blu-ray, the Ridley Scott Blu-ray on my shelf, and it's unopened. It's in shrink wrap still. So, so please, Alfie, don't don't leave. <laughs> that that's fine. Actually, funny enough that we're talking about Raiders today. Actually, at the beginning of the year, I actually had never seen any of the Indiana Jones movies before. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. On Twitter, you are watching all of Steven Spielberg movies this year for 2023. That's your your goal yeah. to watch every single one. Yeah, I'm watching all of them in chronological order. Actually, another film that I watched um, last night, well, two days ago, it was uh, Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you, um, you, yeah, you mentioned that when I was prepping you. You, you said you didn't really want to talk about that. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm just, yeah, that's, a, that's a, I'm up to Schindler's List. I don't, I'm not going to talk about it because... I think everything has been said about Schindler's List, but anyway, I am watching all the Spielberg's films, and so yeah, that's how I ended up watching at least the first the trilogy of Indiana Jones. I haven't seen Crystal Skull yet. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, I I don't know if I recommend anyone to watch Crystal Skull. To be honest, I'm just. Yeah, I th- I'll do it. I'll do it because I I kind of have to now. Yeah, I'm like, it, I'm like too into the game for me to just you know give up. Yeah, exactly. It's just you gotta finish. You gotta finish it out. Just kind of like you have to, like how I feel like I have to watch Indy Five, even though I think that movie is kind of that. I don't understand why that movie is coming out, and the trailer just didn't really, didn't didn't really hit me. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, back to aliens, like, uh, what, what did you, what, what do you love most about like, like the movie besides like the experience of, uh, uh, of seeing it in the, in the theater for the first time, which is absolutely incredible by the way. Yes. Yes. Um, and I mean, it, it's, it, it is James Cameron and mm-hmm. it, it does have all of James Cameron's staple when it comes to, First of all, you know, great action sequences, amazing production design, and just and it just looks absolutely beautiful. Also, the negatives about James Cameron's films because it's kind of the script is kind of thin. Um, and to be honest, I I do I'm still not a fan of the first half of the of Aliens. I do still think it loses a lot of time introducing characters that don't matter and. I, I don't like that, but the the second half is just so incredible that I I'm willing to look away from that. Yeah, it, it seems like that's kind of James Cameron's like staple. Like it usually takes a while for his films to kind of like uh, pick up steam, but his final act, like James Cameron, say what you want about like pretty much any of his films, but like the final acts of his film are are always really great. Like like Titanic, the boat sinking, Avatar. I guess the uh, kind of like a boat sinking in Avatar Way of Water. Spoilers for that movie, but but uh, I don't know. Another James Cameron. Ship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, James Cameron knows how to sink a ship. Let's just say let's just say that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, so yeah. I watched that. Um, what else? Um, I watched a new Brandon Cronenberg film, Infinity Pool, as well. 
Yeah, this is something that's been on my watch list recently because I've been a big fan of Mia Goth ever since uh, ever since uh, Pearl and, uh, and and X as well. Uh, but what you what you think of Infinity Pool? Um, Infinity Pool, it was interesting. I do I do love Mia Goth. I'm, I'm I've been a huge fan of hers for years now. Um, since I saw her in A Cure for Wellness um like five years ago and she i i love that she's always the highlight of her films most of the time um but unfortunately she's usually picking films are aren't very good honestly mm-hmm. <laughs> um so that's why that's why i think x and pearl has has done like a huge impact on her career right now because um you know whatever you think of the of those two films they've been very well regarded Mm-hmm. in the you know by critics and horror community so that's why I, I i'm very happy that she's getting more attention now uh but infinity pool i have to say it is um uh, brandon cronenberg's last uh, previous film uh possessor that was said that was an incredible film that was actually um in, on my top three of 2020 and this one is being sold as you know being insane and um you know kind of impactful but i have to say that it was kind of boring (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if it was because of the marketing that was how the film was being sold as being you know like a crazy cronenberg film and then i watched it and i was like you know this is i'm kind of not having a good time this is i don't know where this is going this is really not nothing's really happening in this film at all yeah, uh, I don't know. That's 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 really interesting. Uh, just because I I think I don't know. It seems like this this film is like very polarizing. I I for one like I feel like I'm not very familiar with much of like any of the Cron- Cronenberg's work. Just because body horror is always uh, body horror really like kind of it, it makes me queasy. Like I watched the uh, the. David Cronenberg's film that came out last year, uh, what was uh, oh, the um, my... Crimes of the Future? Yeah, Crimes of the Future, and I feel like that was the most tame for like body horror, like yeah. from from what I hear. And even that, even even that that film, I was like having to look away and stuff like that. So, yeah. and I actually, I, lo- I really, I really love Crimes of the Crimes of the Future. I think it it did end up on my top ten of last year. Um, uh, so I, I really love that one. And as I mentioned, I love Possessor, uh, Brandon Cronenberg's previous film. That is, uh, that actually, I think it would do very well with that one because it does have a little bit of body horror, but not, it's it's more of like, you know, if it, like if you're okay, like watching something like Zodiac, for example, you should be okay with that. Okay. Uh, I, I'll, I'll definitely check this out. I th- like, would you recommend, like, even though it was kind of boring, would you recommend that people still kind of check out like this film? Like even if it's uh, just I because think, it's it's necessary, <laughs> I think that um, as I mentioned, I love Mia Goth because she's always a highlight, and I think that she is incredible in Infinity Pool. I don't think it's a, her best performance, but she's great in it, and I think it is worth watching at least. If you're a fan of hers, it, it's still worth watching. Yeah, uh, and I think it's actually out on video on demand a little bit later yeah, this week. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so everyone, everyone should go check that one out because uh, 
it's kind of one of those films that bombed at the box office because it's like and not a lot of people are rushing out to see that like like cocaine bear but but uh but yeah anything else you've been watching um yeah there is one more film that i watched unfortunately and that was the whale darren aronofsky's new film okay so i we we were we were um I was in your DMs, like talking about this film, and we're both shitting on it. So this is our this is our opportunity to just. I know a lot of people are praising this film like crazy and are saying what a what a wonderful performance by Brendan Fraser, in in, in the whale. He everyone needs to give him best actor. I. I don't I, agree I, with that. I don't agree with it either. It's like. It, I, I'm, it, I'm sorry. Like, here's the thing. It, it's a very difficult. Uh, reaction that I have because I do, I, I mean, I love Brandon. I, everybody loves him and I'm very happy for him that he's getting all this attention. He's getting more work now. Uh, but I really didn't like this movie and I didn't like his performance at all. Yeah, I, I didn't like his performance at all. It, it felt very fat phobic and almost very, and very homophobic too where it's I, I don't know. Like, it's basically about, like, a guy that, like, after his partner dies, he just kind of, like, his whole life kind of falls apart. And I feel like the way that Brendan Fraser kind of portrays, like, that character, it made it seem like, oh, like, when, it's like, oh, when, when you're gay, like, if you're, if your partner dies or, like, leaves you, you're just, like, a big old mess. And I'm like, that's not the case. That's not the case with everyone. And I feel, and I don't like the way that that this movie is kind of like painting like the LGBTQ community like in in that way. And I feel like a lot of people are overlooking that, and it's very frustrating for me. Like, I, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with that. But honestly, I don't think like. Um... It's kind of like what I thought about Knock Out the Cabin. I do think it is the reason why this those two films didn't really work out for me. I think it's because of the of the director's um, choices that he made because he both Aronofsky and Shyamalan were just trying to say something that was, you know, some a uh, very important thing, very deep. But unfortunately, they didn't really expand on those themes a lot. So it just felt, you know, superficial and kind of pointless. Yeah, I, I would, to back up Knock at the Cabin just like a little bit, I feel like uh, I agree with you about the whale being like very super, uh, super uh, superficial. But uh, I, I think Knock at the Cabin wasn't as bad. As the whale, it, like oh, yeah, uh, I agree, and and you know that I didn't like knock out the cabin at all, but I do think hmm. that the whale, um, <clears throat> the thing is, and that's that's coming around to the, you know, to the difference between both filmmakers because I don't think like my my complaints about knock out the cabin is that Shyamalan just doesn't have, I don't believe like the right skill set to kind of come across with the themes that he was trying to make. But Aronofsky, you know, he's very known for being very, you know, transgressive and very kind of, he, 
utilizes shock value a lot, which sometimes mm -hmm. it works, sometimes it doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. Yeah. And I think also like another issue that I had that I expressed on my letterbox review is that this this film is also written by like someone that writes plays that's in the like in the theater world and i feel like that transition between going from theater to an actual movie didn't translate well at all and i felt like aronofsky kind of like he he basically did his tried his hardest to make it as cinematic as possible with like what was given to him and it just didn't work yeah, I agree with that as well. I don't think, I don't think the film, well, I don't think the play was really made for that kind of adaptation. And mm -hmm. even if it did, I wish it could have made more changes to the script because that's one of the other things that I didn't like because all the characters, aside from uh, Brandon Fraser, all the other characters kind of just seem to exist within that house, that apartment. And mm -hmm. once they like they left the door, they kind of just don't exist anymore because every single person, even uh, Sadie Singh's character and Samantha Morrison's character, they just kind of feel like their exist their whole existence revolves around uh, uh, Charlie, and it's it's weird because you know even though you know there's a that deep hatred that um, Sadie Singh's character has, and it's it's weird that that she's just so focused on him you know yeah um it's 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 definitely weird although like if i were to highlight like one person that actually did well in this film and that's Hong chow uh I, I believe she's actually nominated for best supporting actor right oh yeah or yeah she is and i and yeah she's incredible um i've been a fan of Hong chow for a long time um I remember watching I watched watching her in uh, the Watchmen series in on HBO. She was incredible in that, and she she's great in this. And that's because I think her character also it's the one that kind of has a lot more background to her. That it's really the only character that seems to ex to have her own life. You know that she exists apart from Charlie, and mm -hmm. I think that's why. Uh, and of course, she's a great actress, so it, it worked very well in the story uh and yes it was my favorite performance of that film but it, you know it wasn't um i really i i like i really connected with her character a lot and that's why it really pains me that i really don't like the movie because she's just incredible and i love her character yeah ex exactly and it, it also pains me as well that like like we we all love Brendan Fraser, like you said. It just pains me that like his comeback is coming off of the whale, and I'm like, can it can it just be a better film? Like I to be, like I know a lot of people are talking about Batgirl, but like especially now with like the, the with the Flash trailer coming out and everyone saying like, oh Aquaman has uh, scored really poorly in like uh, test screenings, but so did Batgirl, and Batgirl got canceled. Like I want to see like Brendan Fraser's like performance in in Batgirl because from what I hear it was absolutely incredible and the fact that we have the whale and not Batgirl it's uh upsetting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is upsetting and yeah, I think the whale really at the end it has um a lot of same problems that a 
most recent Aronofsky films have. Um, Aronofsky, I have a really like a love-hate relationship with Aronofsky because there are some, there's a couple of films from him that I love. Um, the Wrestler, Black Swan, Requiem for a Dream, um, even Pi, I love Pi. And mm-hmm. now since, even since Black Swan, I mean, doing, making Noah, then Mother, and now The Whale, it's just kind of, those are like three films that I didn't like at all. I didn't like Mother. Um, uh, but this, uh, and that's really, I think the whale has the same problems as mother. And so that makes me a little bit disappointed because I don't feel like he's Aronofsky's in really growing as a filmmaker, as a storyteller. So that's really, that's really disappointing for me. Yeah. His last, like even Noah, like I don't even remember Noah. And it seems like, like not trying to like judge anyone for like going like, down this path but it seems like there's there's been a lot of like like religious like themes like in his movies lately and not like his past movies have have been have had religious themes but like the whale also has religious themes like noah is basically a biblical story uh i don't know it's like maybe it's just because he's getting older and he's like like maybe he like he found his faith like later in life and stuff like that it's just I don't know. It's it's just weird. As as someone that's agnostic and like doesn't really care like what someone believes as long as it doesn't hurt anyone, like it it I don't know. It's kind of weird just seeing like a lot of his films just kind of have like those religious themes. So yeah, and and that's the thing because I'm not really able to like pinpoint what his point of view is at all from those films <laughs> because I feel like Mother, you know, Mother has like a it's that's a very like nihilistic film and. Mm-hmm. It's really, you know, he. I, I think he's. He said I did uh, back in 2017. Um, I went to a Q and A that he did for a mother screening, and he said that he wrote that script in I believe a weekend, and mm-hmm. and he did, like that film that we see in Mother. That's like his first draft, and I mean you can kind you can kind of tell, but. You know, I don't think he was really saying anything at all. I don't think I don't think Mother was very deep at all. I didn't think it worked as a metaphor because uh, I think what he was trying to say is, is so obvious. And the whale also had that similar issue. So I I don't know what I don't know if I would be excited for like Aronofsky's next film. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like. I, I think I'm kind of with you. Although up even like when his next film is announced or, or comes out i'll probably see it just because like 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 i'm a i'm a movie lover but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll see it but i like i won't i wouldn't have like you know if something gets announced of him directing i wouldn't be like oh my god aronoff new aronofsky film you know we're gonna like i'm gonna watch it but I, I don't think i would be very excited if one it's like announced now and then i'll just wait for it to come out to kind of make my own criteria of that yeah, he's he's not like M Night Shyamalan, where M Night Shyamalan doesn't really hit a lot, but you're always at least interested, and your ears perk up like when he announces a film and who's 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 going to be in it. Because I remember when Knock at the Cabin like came out, uh, like like the f- announcement was Dave Dave Batista and M Night Shyamalan are teaming up. That uh, immediately perked my ears because it's like because one of the greatest actors 
currently and like probably one of the greater directors uh, of like of our generation uh are teaming up to make a film it's like that's that's re- that's really great uh but is there anything else you've been watching alfie um no i think that's in how about you um i've been I've, i haven't really watched too much this week uh besides raiders of the lost ark but since we're basically going to be not talking all that all, all that great about about that film i decided to kind of like balance everything out and we'll kind of wa- watch films that i love and the first move the first movie i want to talk about is the menu uh i to be honest i have no idea why it took me so long to to watch like to watch this film because i thoroughly enjoyed myself uh this is one of the greater films from last year uh a tremendous per- uh, performance by ralph Fiennes, and I, I i really loved triangle of sadness last last year it was a uh, it was my number one but i feel like if i saw this this film instead uh instead of triangle of sadness i think it would have been, it would have replaced my number one because i think everything that triangle of sadness was trying to do the menu does like 10 times better uh i'm not really the biggest fan of anya taylor joy like i like the the chess show that was on netflix i never watched and i hear a lot of people loved and maybe i'll go back and revisit it but it just didn't it didn't okay. like it didn't strike it it's like i watched one episode and i was like eh. i'm like it's a it's a really okay like i mean it's will mays well directed the performances are great but i don't uh, like it's weird that people praise it as one of the best shows of all time, which is insane because it was just like really okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Anya Taylor Joy is just like an absolute star in this in this movie. I don't really want to talk too much about it because I went in like completely cold and like had like probably one of the better experiences I, like I've ever had like watching a movie. I can't. I really wish I saw this in in theaters just because every single shot in like in this film is like absolutely meticulously crafted and like every everyone's blocked like really well the mise-en-scene is like just like on point and i don't know it's a it's 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 a perfect eat the rich story but alfie have you seen the menu (laughs) yes i actually watched it in theaters um Mm -hmm. when it came out and um i don't know why people think that i don't like this movie i do like this movie a lot uh, but I think the reaction of some people have been really strange about it. Um, it's kind of the same reaction like when the Queen's Gambit. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. see, we were just talking about it. That's it. It's like okay, like I had a, I, I watched this film in theaters. I had a great time. I thought it was really funny, and you know, it's an overall great time. But there were people who were, for example, like really angry that it didn't get. Uh, like a like a screenplay nomination and i'm like i don't and, and people are like you know this movie like it's so smart and it's so deep and i'm like i don't think that was the point yeah. <laughs> of the movie i don't think there's a lot to analyze and, and then that's totally fine i don't think every, every film like you know has to have like a lot of stuff to be analyzed uh but mm-hmm. i think that people were like over like really over analyzing the movie and I but I, I did really like it a lot. It's from the um, the director Mark Mylod. He directs mm-hmm. most most of the episodes on Succession, which is one of my favorite shows, which is ending this year, and I'm devastated. But anyway, um, 
he he's great uh he's a great director and i think this being his first film that was uh that was pretty great and of course ray fines i'm a huge fan of him and i think he gave an incredible performance in this film he was uh, and i could tell like he was having a great time playing this character yeah i i could tell he was having a great time too and uh i just everyone everyone involved i feel like was having a great time uh i wanted to freaking like uh punch nicholas holt's character in the face like immediately like five seconds in uh for anyone that's yeah. seen it you know exactly who i'm talking about uh yeah yeah he was he was great in it also coming back to hong chow again she was great in this film as well yeah uh she she was she was absolutely great great in this film uh and, and, and just a, like a shout out to like the production design of, of this oh, film yeah. of just like every, just the way everything is placed and just like the just the, the way this film is shot like i haven't seen succession but after watching this i'm really uh i'm really like uh interested to like check that out oh uh, yeah like it is it, yeah i strongly recommend that and yeah it is it is a it is a good film and something that I really love about it and that actually people don't mention a lot it's the score. I really love the score of the menu. Um, it's from this guy named Colin Stetson who also um, scored uh, Hereditary, mm-hmm. and he usually uses like saxophones to make his scores and he and it's just his scores are always incredible. And um, I actually listen to the uh, the score for the menu a lot. Um, like when I'm going on a run or something, and I I, I just really enjoy it a lot, and I, I wish it could get like more attention because people don't really mention that that much. Yeah, huge shout out to the menu. Go in completely cold like I did, and uh, you can watch the menu now like I did on HBO Max. Uh, the next film uh, I'd like to talk about is a film that actually replaced the film on the Letterbox Top 250. Um, and that film is Coraline. Coraline is now uh, 247 on the Letterbox Top 250. And as it should. As it should, yes, as it should, since we obviously hate Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, still, I, I, we, we still appreciate Raiders of the Lost Ark, but this is... I, I was totally surprised when I woke up one morning and I checked like the list, and this film... Uh, uh, made it onto the list uh alfie have you seen Coraline? oh absolutely i've seen it multiple times um mm-hmm. actually funny enough i'm a uh, like i'm a huge fan of um of horror films i think hor- horror is probably my favorite genre but it really started with a couple films and one of them was Coraline that i watched when i was maybe a little too young to watch it but still i'm not gonna hold my parents accountable for that because i think Anybody, anybody would let their child watch Caroline, um, mm. but it was it was so scary. I used to have nightmares when I was a child after watching Caroline. But it's uh, I watched it again uh, last year actually for uh, for Halloween, and it's it's just such an it's it's an incredible watch. It holds up amazingly, and it's just so entertaining and still and it's still really terrifying. It's still really scary. Yeah, it it's a, it's absolutely terrifying, and th- I've seen this film multiple times too, and I own it. I own it on Blu-ray, but I, I this is the first film, to my knowledge, uh, that I saw in 3D. 
uh, and also the uh, the first film that introduced me to Leica Studios, and ca- I kind of fell in love with like Leica after watching this film. I, I, I'm a huge fan of stop motion animation, and what Leica is doing there up up there in Hillsboro, Oregon, is like absolutely incredible. I love every single everything that they do. I like how all of the like their movies like like their all their movies are stop motion, but everything is kind of made just from. Re- like every everyday like items and everything it has like this very like home home quality like feel to it and you it you just feel it, it feels inviting which is totally like uh the the right balance for like a, a film that's kind of that that's kind of like horror because it's scary but it's also inviting and that's what this film totally like uh and that's the feeling that i totally have like when watching yeah uh watching this film it's it's it's, kind of like the like the world itself the world behind the door it's like really you know there's something off with it but it's so inviting that you're kind of like ignoring it (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um i don't think Coraline is streaming anywhere i think uh because i i obviously watched it on blu-ray but but uh i think i saw it was streaming on pluto tv like if you don't have like a, a copy so go ahead and uh go ahead and do that um but yeah because Coraline is a it, it is is really incredible and everyone should see it and it's... hopefully more people will see it because it's on the on the uh top 250 uh, but that's pretty much all I've been watching this week uh it's been kind of a busy crazy week like as Alfie mentioned uh like you you haven't been feeling very well and i haven't been feeling very well either uh but uh we're, we're powering through this week like champs um it's kind of like we're gonna power through our review of raiders of the lost ark is invincible the ark it is their Atanis. and it is something that man was not meant to disturb it is protected by forces beyond imagination And that was the trailer from Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first Indiana Jones movie directed by Steven Spielberg. I'm going to read the synopsis here from IMDb. In 1936, archaeologist and adventurer Indiana Jones is hired by the U.S. government to find the the Ark of the Covenant before the Nazis can obtain its awesome powers, which is a weird synopsis. Like when I pulled it, when I pulled from this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's super basic and imdb you can do so much better with it to be honest but uh I, we might yeah. as well change the real lovers right now to uh the real haters because we don't like this film very much right alfie yeah i yeah <laughs> i'm not a huge fan yeah as i mentioned i um i am watching of spielberg films and i had never seen an indiana jones movie before Mm-hmm. Uh, before this year and I was really excited because you know mo- most of my friends who've seen them really loved Indiana Jones movies and I'm like oh my god I'm sure I'm missing this incredible film uh and and I was like even the day I watched it I'm like oh my god guys I'm watching Raiders of Lost Ark for the first time today and then I watched and I was like that was kind of I didn't like that <laughs> yeah 
I, I no, I, this is a rewatch for me. Obviously, I, if for people watching on the stream, I own like the trilogy box set, uh, just the DVD, not the Blu-ray. But uh, I was a big fan of like these movies, like growing up, and watching it, watching this first film with 2023 eyes makes this like there's a lot of problematic things like that happen like in like in this uh in this film like for for example like the main girl that like he teams up with like there's some there's a serious age gap between indiana jones and like even even like the first like scene like when he's teaching like uh, when he's teaching like the class like the archaeology class like there's like that 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 weird shot where that girl is just falling in love with Indiana Jones and I'm just kind of like throwing herself like when she like you you know what say I'm talking about where she her eyelids come down and says something like uh, love you I love you <laughs> yeah which is super weird and off putting because I don't really expect something like that from Steven Spielberg like Steven yeah. Spielberg it it felt very Michael Bay. Like Michael, like Michael Bay was inspired by that scene to basically just have women throw, throw each other at at men. It just seemed, it it just felt very odd to me. Yeah, because I don't think, I don't know. I think that a lot there's a lot of stuff in <clears throat> Raiders that it just don't make any lot a lot of sense to me because like well that scene that you mentioned. Like, I, I guess he just, you know, he's like uh, Spielberg's trying to, you know, set him up as this kind of like heartthrob and everyone's in love with him. But after watching three films, I don't really understand why would someone, why would someone fall in love with Indiana Jones at all? Well, he's, he's basically like, just mo not saying like all archaeologists are like this, obviously, but uh, what they paint, uh, what the picture that, that Steven Spielberg paints, especially for this film, is that Indiana Jones is just, like, he, he appropriates culture. That's what he does. He basically just yeah. comes in and takes it and then profits off of it. And, not like I said, not saying that all archaeologists are like this. A lot of them are actually, like, learning and, like, discovering, like, the culture and, like, and representing that culture well. But I didn't really see Indiana Jones, like, representing culture all that well like in this film like there's there's so many like problematic like like the uh like themes like like in this film like the the whole um where he has to dress up like as uh like in the uh like era the uh, egyptian in, in egyptian yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm just like for for one he doesn't have to do that because he already it's yeah. like it's not like he's sneaking around or anything like that like why was yeah. that even necessary yeah, it's uh, it's weird because, and I have to say that I don't, <clears throat> I don't dislike all of the <laughs> Indiana Jones movies. I, actually, I would say that this one is the only one that I don't like. I really like Temple of Doom, mm -hmm. um, but probably because that was a lot darker, and I really like that. And but I would say that that movie is actually is also pretty racist. Um, but also, I think the the. The movie that it's I I would say the best is the Last Crusade because it really it, it really I feel like Spielberg learned a lot from his previous two films but this one like I don't <clears throat> the thing is is that I don't really see a lot of redeeming qualities in this movie like I don't understand why people love it so much really 
Yeah, and like rewatching this film, it was very interesting to, especially like the the opening sequence that basically is memed to death, like with the boulder and like ever ever it's it's iconic. Like it, it, like as much as like we don't like this film, we can't we can't deny that that first action sequence is absolutely iconic, and I, I from. Based on that a- action sequence, it, this movie is basically just like a setup. Like uh, to compare it to movies coming out today, it almost just feel it felt like a Marvel movie because it's just Steven Spielberg, kind of like just showing like who this character is and what he can do, and nothing real and and nothing really after that. Like there's no there, we don't really dive deep into his character at all. It's just kind of like look at this badass character and like look what he can do like he's also a teacher and it's just like and it doesn't and even like the event adventure he goes on there's no real like 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 i don't really think he really like i don't know why the u.s government like called on him to go find like this arc of arc of the covenant because when it like spoilers for like a 30 year old movie but (laughs) but um like the nazis still ended up ended up uh like getting the ark of the covenant and like using it and it's like like what's like what's the point it's really just like like a showcase for harrison ford in a way (laughs) yeah i i agree with that and i would say you know when i bring it up i do some people will be like you know i i like i know it's a movie and that (laughs) you know i need to suspend my disbelief but it's weird to me that you know, really, it just makes me feel that that ending makes the whole movie kind of pointless. And mm-hmm. actually, I would say that personally, I would I would think that it kind of makes Indiana Jones a little bit of the villain of the movie because, I mean, if he hadn't gotten involved, this uh, Ark of the Covenant would have still killed all these Nazis because, I mean, nobody knew what was going to happen when they opened it. But now, you know, now this powerful thing is like on the hands of the american government and they mm-hmm. know what happens with it and i'm like i wish that you weren't here so they wouldn't know about it yeah exactly it's it's kind of just showed it opens up like the dangers of just archaeology in a way where it's just like it, it like kind of like going back to like marvel like like with the whole wakanda forever where they didn't want to like like hand over their vibranium because like if it gets in the wrong hands it's like like there there goes their culture and stuff like that and i don't think steven spielberg was like trying to like like establish that theme of like the dangers of like of but like cultural appropriation because it was 1981 that wasn't really on on anyone's mind but and also he did it multiple times after that (laughs) yeah exactly um but yeah, uh, we've kind of I I like obviously like you've talked uh, we, we talked before uh, we started recording uh, that you don't hate this film but you also don't understand that it you don't understand like the love behind it but uh, like what are some of the things that that you liked like uh, uh, that you liked about this film? I would say is that um, <clears throat> you know Spielberg has always been you know like known as like the father of the blockbuster 
uh, mm. when we started that with Jaws. But I would say that Raiders is kind of like more to do with like the kind of formula that blockbusters are using today. And I don't mean that as a negative thing, but um, I, di I did really like that, that it is, it is, of course, a film that I think it's just made to enter entertain people, even though, you know, its choices are, I don't think Spielberg's choices are very great in the film, mm -hmm. but I do love that it is really a showcase, the very first, uh, like, great showcase of Spielberg's, you know, directing skills, uh, because he, he hadn't really made, like, a lot of action stuff before. It was really his first time, and... That's what I really love about it. It has some great action sequences, um, great set, set pieces. Uh, but but still, because um, before that, I, actually, I also watched his, uh, Spielberg's film, 1941, <clears throat> before that. And that, that movie is awful. That, that is the, <laughs> I, I would say that's, that's the one Spielberg film that's just truly awful. Uh, but that, that's, that film also had some really great action sequences that were really impressive um and so yeah that's why i don't understand you know like it doesn't really make sense to me like someone to love raiders so much and then being like yeah but 1941 is kind of terrible yeah it's uh i think like another like the story for for uh raiders is is also uh by george lucas and written by Lawrence Kasdan as well. And I'm not, I have to, I'm, I'm looking up right now if they are, were attached to any of the other films. To my knowledge, I don't think that they were attached. I don't think George Lucas was attached to Temple of Doom. I think he probably stepped away. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it kind of shows. And I'm very interested to, since you haven't watched Crystal Skull, because George Lucas also wrote. Uh, uh, wrote the story for Crystal Skull, and no, I don't. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I just, I'm just very intrigued to hear like your thoughts on uh, on that because George George Lucas, uh, he's not really the greatest writer in my opinion. <laughs> not really. Yeah, I think it's like um, there's a there's a certain group of directors who don't really excel in writing, but they're you know, the real talent is on the visual aspect, you know, like George Lucas or, or James Cameron as well. Um, you know, they don't, they don't write like the greatest scripts, but you know, their visual flair kind of just makes them worth watching. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like I, I haven't seen Crystal Skull, but I'm aware of the reception that it had. Uh, so I'm sure that I'm, like I'm, I'm gonna watch it like with an open mind, but I, I don't know what's gonna happen. And I mean, Gabe Blanchett is in it, so that's a plus. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, one, yeah. You're, you're Tar girl, you're t Lydia Tar. Yeah, Lydia Tar is in it. <laughs> I totally, uh, to to be honest, I totally forgot Kate Blanchett was in uh, was was in Crystal Skull. Now that you said that, <laughs> so so, yeah. so now I kind of really want you to watch it because. And for anyone that doesn't know, Alfie is one of the bigger Tar Lydia Tar supporters, uh, bigger Todd Field supporters out there. So that's 
yeah. biggest, biggest fan. And it's weird because I do. I think I've seen most of her films, and she has some really awful movies. Like she, I wouldn't say she's hit or miss, but there is a handful of films that are just absolutely unwatchable that she made. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I had a this. Crystal Skull is really the only one that I really haven't seen because I hadn't seen the other three and it would have been weird yet for me to, you know, just jump into the fourth one. Um, mm -hmm. But now I'm ready, so I'll watch it eventually when I get to that year because I'm still, like, in the 1993, so I have a long way to go still to get to Crystal Skull. Yeah. Uh, but uh, back, to, back to Raiders of Lost Ark. Uh, I don't know. It's like there, there really isn't there. Honestly, there really isn't much to say like about this film. I think we've kind of like, like, like uh, kind of discussed like that. It's really just like a showcase film for for Harrison Ford. And I Not honestly, but an acting showcase. I, yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it not. I wouldn't even say acting showcase. It's just more of like like a playground for him to just kind of like like have yeah. fun and yeah like uh, go, go ahead yeah uh, there is something that i really <laughs> it's just that it's just so nonsensical to me that um of course i watch temple of doom after uh raiders and it's weird to me because i just think temple of uh spielberg did learn a lot <clears throat> on temple of doom for example i, I don't think Temple of Doom and Chris uh, and Last Crusade didn't really push a lot to, you know, about uh, you know, oh, this stuff needs to be in a museum, like he's in a, you know, like in Raiders, and it's weird because I, apparently Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders, and mm -hmm. I'm like, what happened? Because it it uh, if it's a prequel, it does show like a like a really strange character that I, I don't I, that don't really even feel like the same person. It's like a kind of like devil, like a like a backwards evolution of the character. Because I have uh, like I have no idea why Temple of Doom is a prequel. Yeah, I, I I honestly I honestly didn't know that it was a prequel. I haven't it, seen it Temple. I haven't seen Temple yeah. of Doom in a really long time, and I absolutely I I do kind of like that it's kind of be getting a resurgence just because of Kihi Kwan. Uh, performance in everything everywhere all at once and everyone's kind of like rediscovering who who he was as an actor and how he was introduced and uh short round is just like really great and that's probably what like the like the main reason why i like temple of doom and i didn't really yeah, yeah. i didn't really look too much into whether it was a prequel or not i just kind of i just like the performances a lot in temple of doom yeah, and that's the weird part because I actually didn't know it was a prequel until some uh, like somebody told me because it's it's it really uh, there's like a little mention that it's a prequel like on the on Temple of Doom but you don't really if you miss it like you're not gonna know that it's a prequel, mm -hmm. um, which is crazy because I don't think it works as a prequel so I think Spielberg should have just been like it's a sequel because it does feel like a sequel to mm -hmm. Raiders because I think it is better and also because Spielberg um, learned a lot from uh, from his, I, I will say mistakes because I do think he does make a lot of mistakes in Raiders. Um, mm -hmm. He does fix a lot of, uh, some of it um, on Temple of Doom. So it's weird to me, like for example, on Temple of Doom, you know, uh, as I mentioned, Indiana Jones isn't that keen in like, you know, I need to like grab this stuff and this stuff needs to be taken to a museum. And he's just like, uh, 
you know, I need to get this stuff back to uh, to its people. And then Raider, who's supposedly after Temple of Doom, he's like on on that mindset again of, um, you know, I I need to find the Ark of the Covenant. It needs to be a museum. I'm like that. This is this absolutely does not need to be in a museum. This thing needs to be destroyed. Destroy. What are you saying? Right. Don't open Pandora's <laughs> box. Don't open Pandora's box. Yeah. That's exact. A, that's, a literal box. Yeah, a literal box. Um, I. Eh, yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I do agree with you that I think Steven Spielberg like learned a lot from Raiders to, to uh, Temple of Doom. But I feel like that's kind of the case with each and every one of his films. Like Raiders was the kind of like the. I I think I actually I heard an interview with him how this was kind of like the first because Jaws he would kind of had like uh, unlimited rain reigns to kind of just make that film like unlimited budget he can kind of do whatever he want he could he could it was his playground and this he was kind of a little bit more like tightened down to like the characters and and even like the production too because i think that this the the production budget for the first film was was kind of limited at least for a film back then so he kind of he had to learn how to rein himself in as compared to like jaws where it's like build this entire shark and like film out uh, out in like in the middle of the ocean or not com- literally out in the middle of the ocean but you know what i mean it it uh it it seemed like raiders is a little bit more reined in than jaws yeah i i absolutely agree and i just remember something really funny about the movie that i really laughed when i watched it because um i so i decided to like watch all of spielberg's film before because i i watched the fable mans back in december and you know it is a very personal film about him and people were like oh yeah there's a lot of like stuff in his whole uh, pre- pretty much all of his films about you know little clues about things you see on the fable mans and i'm like let me let's see so that's why that's what's really my reason behind it and it's so funny to watch raiders and to watch that scene in which there's this monkey who is like um uh like uh telling people where indiana jones is and i'm like and then the the monkey gets killed and i'm like this is that that was really funny to me you know now in context with the fable man <laughs> yeah uh yeah I, I but anyway and um bef- before we start uh i think we've kind of said all, all that we need to say about raiders like we obviously don't like it, it, it's the worst out of the trilogy for uh yeah. for indiana jones uh but uh did you have like a favorite moment like a favorite scene like i, I know you like the action sequences but like which which scene did you um uh, did you love the most for me Raiders. oh I, I really i really like the um uh the scene on the on the snake pit because i'm really i'm i'm really terrified of snakes like uh i could never like you know even those you know that are that are at the zoo or like you know it's fine whatever i wouldn't i could never do that so that was like my scene that was like my worst nightmare and i was like this is it, it, i i thought it, i mean it, i was scared but it was amazing amazingly that and uh that that was that was really my favorite scene also i do like the like i don't like the ending as part of the story but i really like how it was done 
um, mm. with the whole, you know, like the melting bodies and stuff. I really love that. Uh, great uh, makeup work. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's why I do. I still think that, you know, I don't like I don't want people to think like I'm like anti fun, you know, because I know it is a fun movie um, because I do I like I understand why people I watch it and like have fun with it. But I think that to me, it's just so bad. The script is so bad that I just it just kind of uh, a little too jarring for me. And I feel like Spielberg has better films with like better action sequences with better um, like better action uh, set pieces as well. So I'm like I'm kind of, you know, I don't really feel any need to ever watch this movie again. Yeah. Um... I'm not sure. Like I, I, I obviously try and rewatch like the, uh, like these movies. Like, not every year, but like whenever I'm kind of like, like feeling like a like a like a treasure hunty like type, type or an, an adventure, like movie. But even then, uh, even even now, like there's so many like adventure movies that I feel like that are better than Raiders. And like back then, there wasn't a lot of like like uh, like adventure movies like this and it was kind of like the first of its kind so i feel like that like like watching it now you don't really like i don't really see like a sequel coming uh like uh like the next film like it seemed like it's like because it's not it's not that good but even like but, like in 1981 this was pretty fresh but now like in 2023 it's like it seems like every every other movie is like an adventure film and they're like like there's a lot better adventure films in this so it's interesting kind of like watching the movie now with like all the adventure films that we have to compare to it yeah and i'm and also like i'm not denying how like iconic the film is and how influential it is um especially in the you know in the action genre because um I know the film is used as well, like in film school to like study action sequences, which mm -hmm. I think it's great because I think they are great. And I think it's, it's great to study them in that regard. Um, and I've never really heard anyone to like, you know, studying like the script <laughs> of Raiders <Yeah. laughs> uh, because it's not, you know, it's not that kind of movie. Um, but still, I, I respect it a lot. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a Spielberg hater. I, I love Spielberg. Actually, Close Encounters of the Third Guy is my favorite film of all time, and I, you know, it was a little. I was a little heartbroken that I didn't like Raiders that much. Yeah, um, and maybe it was just like the hype, like when you finally watched Raiders, it like you had like all this hype behind you because the on the last episode of this podcast, uh, uh, Nat from Stone and Social, she finally saw everything everywhere all at once and i was just eager to like to to know what she thought of it and she she like she liked it she appreciated it but it's just like it didn't hit like everyone like uh, um like how everyone else was saying just because it was constantly getting fed i'm sure for like for you alfie it was uh like raiders was just saying like it's it's the best movie of all time it's the best movie of all time so when you finally went sat down to see it like you're just like eh, i don't know it's like it's not really the best of all time yeah like it's okay but i like now i'm like i wouldn't say even it like it's the best indiana jones movie yeah and and that's kind of like just the dangers of just overhyping a movie yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, but I don't, I don't really hold anyone like you know, like telling them like, oh my god, like why, why do you like this movie? Or it's so dumb to like this film. Like I don't, I'm not gonna do that. Like if people like what they like, like I know people, I know there's people who really don't like Close Encounters that they feel is kind of like, it feels kind of incomplete or, or or something like that. But I, I mean, I, I just absolutely love it, and I think it's totally understandable as well that people don't like it. Um, but yeah, there, it was a really weird reaction from people when I said that I didn't like it. They were like, how can you not like this? What are the best films of all time? I'm like, I don't, I'm really sorry, but I don't see any of what you're saying in this movie. And you know what? People shouldn't like hate on you for like not liking, uh, not liking this film just because as, as I should say pretty much at the end of every podcast, film is subjective. And like, and not everyone's gonna like like the same films that we like, and that's kind of like the beauty of like this art film that, like, someone could like the worst movie of all time, and like, and and also, hate the the best movie of all time. It's it's like all like every every there's there's a film out there for everyone, and just because you don't yeah. like Raiders, there's probably another adventure film out there that you probably uh would like. Like, do you have like? A favorite like adventure film that you would think is better than Raiders that does. Um, let's see, cause I I I honestly I really like, cause I really like Last Crusade a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I don't I don't know right now if it's up there like with my my favorite adventure film, but I think it I I, I did something that's pretty good and I, and I think even Temple of Doom. Those two films, I really see myself like rewatching them. Mm -hmm. uh, not that constantly, but you know, maybe next year I'll be like, you know, I kind of want to watch Temple of Doom right now, or I want to watch Last Crusade. Yeah, um, I I totally agree with you. Last Crusade is the better Indiana Jones, just because it has like that uh, that father and son dyna dynamic that this film just was lacking, and John Connery is absolutely like is like phenomenal yeah. in in last crusade and uh it like i actually kind of want to rewatch that tonight to be honest when we're done recording <laughs> yeah it is it, it is a great film and mm -hmm. i think as well <clears throat> i really like that you know for example like last crusade didn't uh <clears throat> he, it didn't have like the like this bombshell character or it it had it had it for a little bit uh you know no spoilers but um, I do think at least in Raiders, uh, I, I think the the female characters are better than the ones in Temple of Doom, because mm -hmm. uh, that character, um, Kate Capshaw's character in Temple of Doom, is just so hor horribly written. It mm -hmm. probably one of the most pointless characters that have ever been put on screen. Like there's really there was literally no reason for her to be in that movie. Yeah, and like kind of going back to like what I was saying too about like how Last Crusade had the father and son dynamic, Temple of Doom also had that as well with short round and indie, and like and how I said that Raiders of the Lost Ark just didn't have that aspect. Like like you had like you had the the what's the, Karen Karen Allen's character that apparently like they like. She said, like, oh, we met, like, ten years ago, which seems a little creepy that they're, like, kissing 
in this movie. It's like, like I said, at the beginning of the, before we, uh, at the beginning of this conversation, it's a, the age gap was a little, was a little creepy for me, but Steven yeah. Spielberg, Steven Spielberg does like, like, chill, like he directs children really well, in my opinion. And like the, uh, like the whole temple of doom short round and just like, uh, like that aspect with, uh, kind of like short round kind of being like the son to Indiana Jones. Uh, I just, uh, I enjoyed that a lot more than, uh, Karen Allen's, uh, uh, character, but yeah, because uh, yeah, with Ke- his relationship with Karen Allen's character, it is. I do think it is very creepy. Well, I think mm-hmm. overall, Indiana Jones is a very creepy character when it comes to like women, mm-hmm. um, because even then, you know, it's like kind of like the same issues that people have, like with James Bond or something like that. But I think that Indiana Jones is a little worse scenario because, as you mentioned, that there's an age gap between Karen Allen's character and him, and mm-hmm. they've like they've done they imply that they had this fling like 10, 10 years ago and that added to the to the um, scene at the beginning with the students is a little creepy because I think it, it, like it's kind of implying that like Indiana Jones is like sleeping with, with his students which is really insane yeah uh, and like even like uh, kind of piggybacking on what you said about like like how like, like kind of comparing Indiana Jones to James Bond and how it could be worse on, on the, like how he treats women. Like it's just even like it, like looking at the poster, like, like Indiana Jones shirt is like open and it's totally like, like appealing to women. Like, Oh, look at this hunk of a man and stuff like that. And it's like, it's, uh, it's just kind of disgusting, especially looking at with, uh, with 2023 eyes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And- Exactly, because as you mentioned, it, I, Raiders does feel just like a kind of a playground for Harrison Ford, of mm-hmm. him just like being, you know, the whole the whole selling point of the movie is like him and, you know, him being hot, which is uh, sure, but like, I don't think like aside from that, he doesn't have like anything to stand by um, like any kind of attraction that people have to him, because I do think he like he treats women horribly. Like as I mentioned, you know, Temple of Doom is a prequel to mm-hmm. Raiders. So, with all, like in Raiders, there is no mention of short ground. There is no mention of this uh, Kate Cops character. Like uh, even in Last Crusade, there is no mention of anyone. Like every single movie, he has like a different um, <laughs> uh, love interest, just like James Bond. But still, at least the last couple James Bond movies had the same love interest. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, it's still even that he does treat women horribly. He's always like, um, so he always assumed that women are like attract, like uh, this woman is attracted to him, which kind of backfires uh, to him in the Last Crusade. So that was good, uh, but still, you know, there is also the the whole thing about in Raiders about him that his whole thing was like going to like this other places uh, on continents just like kind of stealing their stuff to bring them to a museum and he and like i I don't see myself like supporting any of that like that and even him it was kind of like a wake-up call for him at the end of the movie but still uh it 
I, I think it was really pointless to make that movie and then just to make that point, you know? Yeah, I, uh, I totally agree. And um, I, I don't know. And from what I hear uh, before doing the research before like recording, uh, I, I heard from someone that they wanted to make Marion Karen Allen's character like younger, like, like that was like that was their like their main goal and steven spielberg basically said yeah that that's probably going to be problematic like like especially with yeah. like, like oh, what they were going to do yeah absolutely insane but um uh we we've kind of I, I feel like we 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 we've shit on this movie as, as as much as we could like we still like this film like it's like like the the action scenes are really great i i really like the, the the face melting scene at the end just because of, like that scene is just so iconic and it's memed to death like on twitter it's just uh it like absolutely incredible like special effects uh but this this film does not hold up um alfie what did you uh rate this on letterbox i'm just curious um i gave it a a three i believe like a three out of five <laughs> but it was almost it was almost like a two point two point five. But I was like, you know, I give it a three just because I really because I really like the action sequences. I really love them. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was like, I, I I don't see myself like giving more than a three to this movie. Yeah, it, it's funny because I feel like you you're a little bit harsher than I was, and I gave it a two and a half out of five. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um, it's just that i do like a lot you know any film that has like this great like um you know like a filmmaker really showcasing their directing skills i really give that a lot of credit um and i think raiders does have that uh so that's why it was like a three but also it was a little i have i have to admit it was a little of social pressures because i was like i don't know like people already reacting to this three i don't know what would they say if i just gave it like a two and I, it, as well, since I was doing it due to, you know, to the uh, Spielberg marathon, and I'm like, I don't think this movie's worse than the color purple. So, <laughs> so and I give the color purple to star, so I can't give it like less than that. Right, right. Um, well, as you know, I just like the chaos, and that's why I rated it two and a half out of five. Uh, and I, I think this is the one thing I do like about Letterbox is that I like that you can put rewatch. So I actually originally rated this five, and then I, on a rewatch, I rated two and a half. And uh, so th there's that context there. Uh, yeah, so that uh, that happens to me a lot. Uh, that happened to me with Interstellar because <laughs> I I I watched it like years ago, and I was like, I love this movie, and I even. And I gave it a five stars, and then I rewatched it like a couple of years. I think when Ten was coming out, and I'm like, I don't like this movie. <laughs> I, no, I, I don't like it either. But there's still moments of Interstellar that I do kind of enjoy. But as a complete film, not, uh, not really my favorite. But that's a, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, Alfie. that's another. Like, I'm not sure if that's in the top 250. I'm I'm sure it is because people really like that movie for some reason. I think it is, but it's it's later down the line. But but unfortunately, because why is that so high? Yeah, I I don't know. I I have no idea. Uh, but that's uh probably a year and a half away from from this series, which is kind of incredible that 
if I'm still doing this in a year and a half, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah. Uh, but Alfie, um, tell everyone online where they can find you. Um, well, you can, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my, uh, username is, uh, Fonsi the snowman. Um, Marley follows me, so you can go ahead and, um, <clears throat> follow me if you want as well. If you want to talk about movies, I'm not as hateful as I seem in this episode most of the time. Um, so, so yeah, I, as I mentioned, I'm not, I'm not gonna like tell anyone that they're stupid or something because they like a movie because, you know, I, I, I just assume that a movie is just not for me, but it's probably for someone else. It, it, exactly. It totally. It, film is, film is subjective. Like if you don't like it, then that, uh, then that's fine. And like that's the kind of the whole point of yeah. this podcast. It's like unless it's let's... unless it's cocaine bear, because like how can you not like cocaine bear? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, future Oscar award winning. Like I'm when we're done, rec- uh, when we're done broadcasting and recording this, I'm running to the theater to to go watch Cocaine Bear. Yes. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, all the links in the description will be uh uh for for Alfie uh, so go follow him uh if if you love movies um as for me you can follow me at Marley loves film pretty much everywhere that's like that's my tag everywhere i i kind of lucked out to make that <laughs> my uh, my username everywhere uh you can follow me Marley loves film instagram twitter youtube um letterbox just follow me and we can talk about movies and uh, also Fast and Furious too. So, Noah, that's, Noah, I'm giving myself a round of applause. I went an hour and 28 minutes into this episode without talking about Fast and Furious. I think that's a record for me. Yeah, I think so. But, (laughs) you know, we had to talk about Raiders, so at what cost? Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, um... If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like, give us a thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell, notification bell, and basically follow us everywhere. The next movie on the Letterboxd Top 250 series that we are doing is going to be Samurai Rebellion. You can watch it on the Criterion channel and join us back here on Thursday via the first first movie in March, actually. So, yeah, Samurai Rebellion uh check it out and uh we'll be going live at roughly the same time but check our socials for all the happenings like going on um like i said follow us follow me at, at marley loves film pretty much everywhere and then the real lover pod um all links will be in the description and for the real lovers podcast i'm marley silverbrand and uh, i'm alfonso amaya from the movie ranking space and thank you marley for having me again And we will see you next week with our discussion of Samurai Rebellion. You can watch this movie anywhere on Criterion Channel and Canopy. Keep watching movies.